Warning. This is not your normal podcast. Its purpose is to provide thought-provoking dialogue with a slighted perspective. Here we encourage influential conversations. Give us a listen, like and share. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to CEO and the Doctor. been a few weeks since i seen you see on the doctor yes, podcast yes, sir. we back at it again uh season four episode nine the state of mental health for today's black man got to introduce officially again my mentor my brother big p go ahead man talk to us how you been hey man i'm i'm, I'm wonderful brother i am uh, i'm just taking one day at a time uh you know not much going on in my world but you know just a couple of things that i've been trying to focus on um, I enroll in this program at Stanford for it's a one year program. Uh, I'm waiting to hear whether I whether or not I got accepted. So it's 100 seats. We'll see how that goes, man. You know I'm a school junkie, so uh, I'm, I, I love learning, and I want to see what the challenge is, man. People talk about you know Ivy League schools and Stanford, you know schools like that being so difficult. Let's find out. Let's find yeah. out. Uh, you know Thanks. me, man. I, I, whatever I learn, I'm going to share. Uh, you know, I appreciate the uh, the kind words is, you know, I think mentorship works both ways, man. I learned a lot from you, too. So, you know, don't don't think that it's it's all been one sided. So <laughs> I appreciate you, too, brother. Uh, you know what it is, man. That's what we do. We push each other. Um, you told me about the Stanford thing and immediately I was like, like, what's next, bro? Like you just keep on pushing the bar higher and higher. Um, you go from getting your doctorate degree, which is already, you know, magnificent, magnificent as it is to now, you know, taking on a, a program like this. And I know, you know, it's your destiny. You always talk about education is your thing. So it's your destiny for stuff like this, man. So, you know, we in the background rooting for you like we always do. So let me clap. Oh, you up. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, so you know. Uh, oh, my bad. Go what's ahead, going go. on in your world? What's going on in your world? You, you Are you moving soon? Uh, we got six months. We're not moving until December. Okay. So okay. a December time frame, yeah, we'll yeah. be moving. Uh, but as it, as it sits now, um, it's kind of in that lull. It's the summertime. Uh, right, right. Jordy okay. is with his grandparents and Indy. Um, of course, Jasmine, this is uh, – her summer before she goes to college. Right. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, shout out to her, man. That's that's great, bro. Her that's so great. Is, I love seeing up. the graduation pictures and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, it took me back to uh, when we did the, the episode with her. Um, yeah. I hope she comes on again, man, and share that young lady college experience with us. Yeah. Uh, let us know how she's doing. And then Ace is just, you know, here. Um, he's at football practice now, so that's his life. Mm. Um, still trying to, you know, give him the tools he's he needs to, you know, get to that next phase in his life. Um, so small steps here in my parenting world. Father's Day was yeah. yesterday. We we would be remiss if we didn't hit on that, <laughs> right? Happy Father's Day to everybody. Um, yes, it's Monday, but um, yeah, Happy Father's Day. 
to all of our brothers, man. Thanks. You know, fatherhood, you know, I always say it's the hardest thing I ever did, but it's by far the most rewarding thing that I've ever done in my life. Absolutely. My legacy is walking around here in two different people, um, and they're, they, they're carrying on the, the family seat the family legacy as they get older. So, uh, man, I am, I'm, I'm proud of my, my kids and I'm, I know that you are proud of yours. So, yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, man. And then, uh, yesterday was Juneteenth. So again, yes, sir. We'd be remiss to not mention that the second annual, I guess, celebration federal wise. Uh, so today yeah. is off federal holiday, but yesterday was Juneteenth. You know, conflicting. This is not part of the agenda tonight, yeah. but I couldn't help myself. So scrolling through my timeline yesterday mm -hmm. and I'm <laughs> going through the Air Force Facebook page and yeah. you would be surprised how many people were, quote unquote, upset that Juneteenth is a holiday based on their mindset of, I, I, how do I say it? Basically, what I'm trying to say without getting too caught up in my words is mm -hmm. they were saying no one today is a freed slave. So why are we celebrating this as if this was the year that it was supposed to be? You know, 1776. We know it happened in 1865 yeah. when we talk about, yeah. you know, uh, Juneteenth. But wouldn't we uh, actual country in 1776, right? So yeah. mm -hmm. moral of the story is they were like, you know, they were coming from a place of this is just black people pushing the needle, wanting something um, where it doesn't even truly affect them today. And we're going to talk about shit like that in perspective later yeah, in the, yeah. in the, in the conversation. But that just really triggered me. I didn't, I didn't do a crazy reply because this is the official Facebook page. You know, everybody can see it. So I right, kind of right. like kept my thoughts to myself. Um, and I am more mature than I used to be. <laughs> so, you know, I probably yeah, would have just flew off the handle and said something crazy, but I'm just like the perspective of the mindset people have mm -hmm. is ridiculous because they're, they're looking at it as like, how does this actually affect you today? Like, it's not as if you were released from bondage today. Like they were coming from that type of yeah. thought process. And I couldn't help myself, but think what the fuck are y'all talking about? Sorry for that. I was trying not to cuss tonight. <laughs> On the flip side, if, if they question Juneteenth, why not just question Independence Day? Yeah. And that happened. That exactly happened. You know, Somebody it, came back and fired yeah. off that. Uh, and then they start they start trying to bring it together. What's up, Clink? They tried to start bringing it together and conflicting with Father's Day too, because they were like, they, somebody said something really loose, like, well, at least yeah. some fathers, if not most, are still in their kids' lives, like, like crazy perspective, man. You just had you would have had to yeah. just read it, and I, thousands I, I, of comments, you know, bro, thousands of ridiculous the, comments. The the one thing that that I've come to learn and and truly grasp is. Uh, as I've gotten older, you, you're not going to change a lot of people's minds, man. They, they're dug in on their, their point. And I think that a lot of people stay in that, that stance and that negative stance because they relish in the attention. Oh yeah. That's a great way to put it. They do. And they just got to have you something know. to say. Yeah. But negative with that. attention is still attention, <laughs> you know, facts. All right, man, we, let's just jump into the flash. Let's, let's get, get let's get it. the show let's get going. Let's roll. All right. Now, this this might be old, but I just want to, when I sent it to you, I wanted to um, highlight the fact that we live in a time where 
all we hear is negative, 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 negative. And hell, I, I would honestly say that we're, we're guilty of the whole negative cop thing too. You know, but look, we're just reporting what we're just just sharing a conversation, having a conversation about the things that we encounter. OK, and, and and we have to be responsible for those things. Uh, now, again, this is old, but, you know, this uh, Tarrant police officer in Tarrant, Alabama, this lady, Helen Johnson, was uh, caught shoplifting five eggs to feed her grandkids, man. And instead of arresting her, uh, you know, this guy. Uh, Officer John Stacy, he bought her, uh, excuse me, William Stacy, he bought her a dozen eggs and sent her home with the promise that she would not shoplift. Well, the story got out, and, you know, what I want to emphasize here is not so much what he did, what the community did. The community bought her food, donated money, and donated clothes to the point where it took three or four police officers in their SUVs to deliver this stuff to this woman, you know? So when moral of the story, when we think that we live in such an apathetic time and, you know, I'm guilty of it. I, I really believe that we've reached a point where damn people just don't give a shit about people. Facts. Here's a story that's counter to that. You know, uh, we need more of this, you know, and, and we've been talking about this for, years since we started our podcast man You're saying years is crazy Just, right yeah <laughs> try try to do something outside of yourself every day it could be something as simple as saying hi to a stranger something nice to a stranger buy him a cup of coffee something and look at it like this all right we're all inherently selfish do it from a selfish place do it because it makes you feel good yeah Especially in today's society, today's world, um, we got so much going on. What, what's up, Marcus? Man, For, let, let, what's up, Marcus? Before I get my point out, um, Marcus and his wife are on an amazing journey right now. I am sorry that mm -hmm. I haven't brought it to to this uh, platform quite yet, like I should have. But they're doing YouTube videos, um, couples oh, wow. therapy. Yeah, it's it's, it's basically couples therapy. Um, um, and I'm going to go ahead and send that information to you so that you could put okay. it on our IG. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and Twitter, and just in Twitter, and we could just tag them and stuff like that. Um, okay, but uh, yeah, and I always mess the name up. Let me make sure I don't mess the name up tonight, because uh, I had told somebody about the podcast, or sorry, it's not a podcast about their show, right? And right, right. me telling them the wrong name, they end up watching a whole different one. They was like, I don't think this is what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> so that's my apologies, man. Um, but. They're, they are branded now. Meet the Simmons um, is who they are and what they're doing. Mm. Um, and, yeah, man, it's, it's great content. Great content about marriage. Great content from a woman's mm. perspective when she's talking about how to support your husband. Great content from a male perspective when he's talking about how to support your wife. Uh, the things that you can end up disagreeing on and the things that you end up, um, I guess, not understanding or seeing from each other's point of view, you hear right. them talk those things out. Um, and it's been great, man. So they just did one and I didn't catch it, but I'm definitely gonna catch it, man. But meet the Simmons one is their IG handle and they shoot them on YouTube. Um, so yeah, Jesus, marriage, family, humor, empowerment. Um, that's kind of what they're, what they're talking about. It's amazing stuff, man. So congratulations on that journey, Marcus. I remember when you first started talking about it, I'm glad you stuck with it, stuck with it. And I'm, I'm super happy for you. 
And you got to have them on the show to to talk about it. Absolutely. Let us know. Let us know what 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 they're doing as a uh, team. As a folks, team, man. this time. Yes. As, a, as team. a team, we need you, Marcus. We need you both. Yeah, I know we we, we love you, big man, but we want the the misses on this one too. So here it is. Enough said. With meet the Simmons. Is that how it is? Enough said with meet the Simmons. Okay. Because yeah, there's another like YouTube channel called Meet the Simmons, mm-hmm. and it's like a young couple. And my buddy was right. like, I'm pretty sure that's not what you had me watch. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, so I definitely want to shout him out. Um, but, yeah, man, so my perspective on what we were just talking about, I'm sorry I went on that tangent, but I seen Marjorie no, no, come in, you're and I, I had to speak on it. Um, but, yeah, as far as where we are in today's society, and I know, like you said, that's an mm-hmm. older story, um, it's so much me first, my family first in this society right now because of yeah. just the way that things are. Inflation. Um, it's hard to just, you know, get by. Most people don't have something extra to give nobody. So they're always talking mm-hmm. about me, 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 the crime rate, people protecting their yeah. homes, um, talking about, you know, I'll kill somebody before they break into my house and this and that and other. But there's still a human element to all, no matter right. how difficult things are. And that's just a small, you know, showing of that. And then that became a powerful movement for the entire community to, to reach out to this lady. Um, so in your own way, in your own very small circles, try to be that connection with yeah. somebody like be, be human um, for a day. Cause if we can find ourselves bottled up and so, you know, afraid of everything in this, in today's world, gas prices, jobs, rent, <laughs> mortgage, you name it. That we ain't looking to be helpful at all. And if you not trying to get on my Jesus, my Jesus kick here, but if you've helped our fellow man, I feel like the blessings will always come back to you. Yeah. Two or three. Always. Full, you know, always. So. Um, yeah. But let's talk about some not so good cops. <laughs> switching the, switching it up quick. Man. In your in so, your state. <laughs> yeah. Right here in Arizona, man. Tempe is probably a 25, 30 minute drive from where I live at. And uh, Tempe Town Lake, uh, this guy was. Uh, so the cops got a call about a altercation. And they get there. There was no altercation. There was no reason for them to even to arrest the guy and the other person that he was arguing with. Uh, but the guy jumped into uh, the edge of the lake and the cop, and like, Hey, grab this. What are you doing? Where are you going? Where are you going? And the guy got into the water and the cops were like, yo, get up out of the water, man. I'm not coming in there after you. Watch the man. Hey, and the guy's like, I'm drowning. I'm drowning. I need help. I need, I need help. I'm not coming in there after you. You know, how do we get to a point where protect and serve is just, it's a punchline. Yeah. It's it's one of those things that, because we know how it's been when it comes to who gets, you know, shoot shoot at and, and who gets weapons drawn on them and who's getting treated differently. We, we already know that narrative. But in a situation like this, I mean, we can go back to just thinking like, oh, it's so nice that the cop saved the kitten, <laughs> climbed the tree mm-hmm. or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> right. But, I mean, like, clearly – there's an individual that, or this this man has an issue, right? And I'm not saying that his actions were right, but right. as a cop, I mean, you should be trained in all phases of your job. So if yeah. you're not able to negotiate with him to come off the ledge, like literally here, um, mm-hmm. though I'm not a strong swimmer, I would think that I would be compelled to go get the guy. Yeah, and, yeah you know, that was my first thought. Yeah, bring him, bring him to shore and then get him the help that he needs because there's clearly a mental break that he's having, right? Mm-hmm. So to be able to just say, I'm not coming in there and watch it, 
I mean, I don't know. Like, you're not protecting and serving, and this this no. more so is serving. You're not serving, right? Like, you're you're not helping mm-hmm. people uh, because we've seen where people show up in the mental health crisis, talking about cops, yeah. and they shoot no ladies. Yeah. So, that, so they're not able to subdue yeah. an older woman that has a knife, and so we put lead in her, right? <laughs> and then we got a situation that's completely different now where all we need to do is be able to help the man from yeah. his crisis, and he jumps Jump in the water, water. And I'm not doing it. Help I him out of uniform. the water. Yeah, I'm not uh, getting my uniform you know. wet or whatever your mind is that day. That's that's wild to me. Yeah, so much for you know the the first rule. <laughs> Check of being, markers out. Yeah, they would have jumped in. Being a cop is <laughs> is the preservation of life. Facts. Marcus you know, said they would have jumped in for a dog. It probably yeah, fight an alligator, all kind of crazy yeah. shit they didn't they've done and that we've seen. It's wild, man. Well, go but, ahead, P. I'm sorry, it, I This just speaks to this just speaks to how apathetic that that you know the society has become. You know, nothing matters until it happens to us as an as a person, as an individual. Yeah. If it's happening to you, it's like, ooh, it's not me. How do we get here? You know, how, uh, that that's been my the the one question that I can't seem to get an answer is how do we get here and why are we still here? You know, and but you illustrated a lot of things that that are affecting this. You know, we're gas prices, median rent prices are damn near two thousand dollars or more nationwide. Yeah. Um, you know, people are being priced out of, of buying homes. Um, the the pay gap disparity. You know, people are not making the money that they need to make to survive in America, and that's stressful within itself. Right. You know, you can't put food on the table. You can't keep a roof over your head. You can't these days. You can't even get a gas. I, I can't even imagine somebody has to fill up every week. You know, I thought oh, like my me. car was a hundred dollars. <laughs> right. It was a hundred dollars times two cars you know? every week. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't even imagine that, man. So I won't. But it won't take me to a place where I understand or I accept the the apathy. Can't do it, man. Can't do it. It's like you this- know, I'm hum- I'm human first and foremost, and I want to care about my fellow man. Self-preservation, man. We we get into that to that state of things, and then mm-hmm. it's not just about like what I need to do to survive, but it's almost like us against everybody, right? And then you shut yeah. down, and then you grab your circle, whoever your circle is, and use this your mm-hmm. immediate family, wife, kids, whatever it might have you. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to do all I can to protect them, and without saying it, but my my approach is forget everybody else around me, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. then that's making us more and more of a like terrible society like where you can't even just wave at people and say you know hello mm-hmm. or you don't even want to talk to you like you you beeline to what you're what you're going to do if i'm going to the store beeline get my products i'm out um yeah. people out here trying to you know like solicit things and it used to be like hey look you know um i'm selling this these incense for a buck or whatever well, i don't know shit I, I might not like the incense but sure i'll give you a buck for an incense like right we don't want to deal with that type of shit no more when you're walking out of the store. If it ain't Girl Scout like, ah. cookies, <laughs> if it ain't if it ain't a known organization like Girl Scouts, yeah. like get away from me. And that's just it's crazy to see because even myself, I've been a part of that, and and it's shameful mm-hmm. sometimes um, when I think about it. But uh, yeah, man, like you just can't you just cannot trust your your instincts anymore. Like doing yeah. something that you would have done ten years ago seems like. Maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna get scammed today, right? Like, yeah. or if I 
actually engage in this conversation, perhaps something's going to happen to me or whatever. I don't know. Like, you know, people ring your doorbell yeah. all the time, right? Hey, you know, yeah. selling this. But now people are marking houses and trying to come in and get a look at the house and then come back and rob the house. Like, so, yeah, we Man. damn sure ain't about to have that porch conversation that I would have had. No, no kidding. You know what I mean? So it's I just bet. we live in that state of affairs now, mm-hmm. you know? So I guess the cops are doing it, too. <laughs> yeah, the cops right. are like fuck, fuck the people. The people are like fuck the cops oh, and fuck everybody else. <laughs> yeah, Marcus got a big tundra <laughs> and drive many a miles. Trust me, bro. I know what you mean, man. So let's jump into this last part of Flash because this right here is just absolutely asinine. But check out this. Check out this. This thought approach. Mm-mm-mm. We went through justice for George Floyd. Justice for him. But we don't see any justice for these people that went into the Capitol. None. Do you want to know how they're treated? I'll tell you what I saw. I saw men in that D.C. jail that hadn't had a haircut, hadn't, couldn't shave. They were filthy, dirty, and disgusting. They looked extremely unhealthy because, you know what, they can choose between going outside for maybe an hour a day or calling their family. Okay. All right, so I'll just preface that with, look, I understand that there are rights for prisoners, right? And we know that. We always talk about the prison system and how it's mistreating folk. But her comparison to George Floyd's death and the impact (laughs) that it had on our country, right, as we watched a man die or, Mm -hmm. you know, basically nine minutes of struggle for life, and then he eventually yeah. died. We watched that, and she's going to use that as a comparison to these dudes maybe not getting showers or having yeah. their appropriate things to groom themselves. And this is a this is a fucking voice <laughs> of a state. She yeah. is a uh, what is it? She's a uh, is she a senator? No, no, she's a congresswoman, congresswoman. from Georgia, man. One of the congresswomen from Georgia, and it, it's Marjorie Green. <sighs> is that her name? Marjorie Marjorie Taylor Green. <laughs> Uh, she's certified. I won't say certified, but she's she's one of those QAnon people, uh, mm. and and just like you, I take odds with you know the the fact that she wants to compare some domestic terrorists to the murder of George Floyd. Now, I've never been to jail, but I do know this much: you got shower time, you got shave time. Whether you shower and shave. That's your prerogative. And justice, so, is, justice is not even the right word. Right. <laughs> right. Not like, even. Not even. <laughs> Yo, George Floyd did nothing wrong and was murdered for it. These people tried to overthrow the fucking government. Little mama said justice. That's wild as hell. So that's just what I'm saying. Like, we some people get platforms and they get voted into you know, places that they shouldn't be, and then they have this approach. We could take Herschel Walker. He's always talked about fatherless kids and how bad that is, and we just found out the man got three. Three out of the woodwork. Bro, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, like we have to make light of this stuff because it's like, what are you doing, man? You can't stand on something like that, and you get out there, and you find out you got your own closet of secrets. But with her, she's using George Floyd, and almost weaponizing the word justice by saying we did it for him, but we're not doing it for them. First off, George Floyd did try to storm the Capitol and, and impede, no. you know what I'm saying, our actual democracy. And 
that's what we're talking about when we're talking about justice. Yeah, we do want to see justice as we sit here and go through this all these confirmation meetings or whatever they call that they're been doing, yeah. getting all these, these hearings, yeah. the hearings to see what's going to actually happen to these dudes. Because as we listen to the tape and we listen to what they've you know actually had in their minds that day, they were going there to do damage. Yeah. Luckily, they were able to get all this, the Senate floor clear before they got in there because you've seen how they treated it. Yeah. So if they're getting maltreatment, that's a better word than saying they're not getting justice because right. hopefully they will get justice, swift justice for taking the, the, I guess, the Constitution into their own hands and saying, oh, we don't like the process. We'll mm-hmm. show you we could we could fix the process. Yeah. So learn how to it's use a, the terms. Man. Insurrection. Insurrection. Exactly. That's what it was. Justice. Justice is they all need to be locked up. Facts. That's justice. Not not a I need, Joe needs a haircut and a shave and he's not eating. And we just see one. Oh my bad. They Don't eat. They get yeah. food. They get they get they got they got a shitter and a mirror right there in their cell. She said, so go don't tell outside. me. <laughs> or call their families. Bro, are you kidding me right now? I'm so and then like I said, bro, like we've already seen the other ones get mm-hmm. like really light sentences or really light Man. probations and shit like that. Six months probation. Man, come on. And meanwhile, I just read get worse shit for weed. A, did a you joint. see the Mississippi guy? Did you see that yes. they they upholding yes. his life sentence for yeah. weed? For yeah. weed. Yeah. Anyway, let's not do that. Let's go into yeah. something lighter before we go into the real stuff. I'm glad we got people this this checking in and staying with us. So we got to get to our actual conversation because it's an important one. But we got to do the funny shit first. <laughs> so let's jump into some news news. And let's just hit on this really quick because having sex in a vehicle in and a catching car? an STD can have your insurance company liable. <laughs> yes. Your, yes. So I'm not endorsing it. But if you oh. like car sex and you get the possibility of getting paid, hey, there's one way to do it. Geico has to pay $5.2 million to a woman who says that she got the HPV from her then boyfriend in his Geico insured car. <laughs> but all I want to know is what level of lawyering, lawyering, lawyering? I don't know how to say it. Yeah, what, that, that, that's it. What level that's it. of lawyering looks at it in the point where it's like, we could actually sue Geico for this. I would think that it would be a I personal mean, thing, right? It would be like when, person to person, not the, what the car company, what the. Bodily harm. Company? Bodily harm. <laughs> Come on. We, we, really, look at your insurance policy. Anybody listening. Look at your insurance policy. You have coverage for bodily harm. Facts. <laughs> this is now, now the thing that gets me is five point two million. Facts. What I is, mean, it's what is the, like a few thousand? How did at most? How did the? That's, okay, so facts. So five point like two. That's some hell of a hell of a lawyering right there, bro. Right. Five point two mil, Bruh. Bodily harm. That is yeah, great. They must be looking at like the fact that once you have HPV, you have HPV, Facts. and there's not a pill, there's not a needle, there's nothing. Oh, Boom, man. suffering over the yes. period of your life. Yes, that's a hell as, of a figure. As I heard the other day, through oh, <laughs> through perpetuity, she has HPV for the rest of her life, and the odds of her passing it on to somebody else is very strong. Can so you imagine? Maybe being- that's it. Can you imagine being a representative that took that claim? Or 
if you receive yeah. the, it probably was a vanilla envelope, probably was served to the yeah. company, and they opened it. It was like, <laughs> like what the? <laughs> What's that one? Like, is this a joke? <laughs> is this a joke? What's that one? Um, it's a different company, but what's that one that got really great commercials? I forget. Is it not Allstate or State Farm? Farmers, farmers' life is yours. But he's like yeah. the guy's always like, yeah, we got yeah. coverage for We've that. We've seen it. We've all. seen it all. <laughs> Have you seen this? You ain't seen that one. You ain't seen that one. <laughs> that's intense, bro. Okay, yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, man, that's crazy. That is the funniest yes. thing. Okay, so switching gears, still in news. News. Uh, check this one out. Here, all I can do is all I can do is facepalm. <laughs> here's here's perspective, as we just passed Father's Day. Dig this explains why she has six kids by six different baby daddies. A lot of people got something to say about the fact that I got six kids with six different men. So I'm just going to tell y'all why mm, Okay. it is better to do it this way. If I had six kids wow. with all the same all right. dude, I get 34% of his income, which is only six eighty okay. a month. She breaking it down. If I got six kids with six different dudes, I get 17%. Yeah. All right, here we go. From each one of them, which is 340 a month from each one. Okay. $340 a month times six baby daddies is 2040 So why don't you have six baby daddies? <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I Now listen. Marcus, I know that y'all talk about stuff like this on your show, man. This is a young woman that's lost. Young black woman that's lost. And obviously six dudes that got lost with her. <sighs> My question is, why not 30? Remember we talked about Buddy that had 30 plus kids with <laughs> yes. however many women it was. Like, she's found a way to monetize the system so well that she's got a algorithm, a calculation for each one. The percentages, she's clearly able to, <laughs> you know think things out clearly so why not think about the other side of this there's six children with six different fathers and how does that work for their life you know what i'm saying like how how are you looking at their growth and what are you teaching them and i'm sure i'm i'm, I'm it's the odds they don't we don't know if she has all boys all girls or a mix but the odds would be that she at least has one girl are you teaching your daughter that this yeah. is the way. Like, I mean, are you are you getting where I'm coming from? Like, is that? Oh, oh I, <sighs> look, I got you. I got you. I'm going to go back to my youth. Marcus says out here, you're going to Switzerland. <laughs> yo, check this shit out. Check this out. I remember back when I was a kid that uh, women would get more money for wealth, welfare per child. Yeah. Hell yeah. Stamps so, and everything. Yeah, this to me is no different. Now, the men that sleep with this woman and women like her bear some responsibility. Come on. You know what kind of woman you're sleeping with. You think you're just going to dip and dip? And, and you walk into this situation and she's already, just say she's at, at child three. When are you going to scratch your head and be like, I don't want to be number four. Now I'm good. The other part of that too, man. The other part is like when people broadcast themselves and and and, mm -hmm. and put this type of shit out in the air. I mean, I'm sure she has a social worker or something like that, right? Like, 
why yeah. why are they not held accountable in situations like that? Like you're bragging on the fact that yeah. I'm just going to keep populating the earth with children. You did this yeah. for for the 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 child support. Like, you did this for the child support. And then it's almost like, uh, well, damn if you do, damn if you don't. Because if we do hold them accountable and we take some of their, you know, I guess, monetary gains, we're hurting the children, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, but yeah. it's like you don't also get the opportunity just to put it out there like this is what I do and, hey, I'm going to keep doing it because mm-hmm. that's just my goal in life. Something has to happen differently, man. I, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. But they have to do it because it's almost like this is what what men or I'm gonna say it like that. This is what people who pay child support in general, because we know there's women that pay as well. Yeah. But this is some of the things that they be trying to explain. You know what I mean? Where their frustrations are, and mm-hmm. then it doesn't ever really get heard. Is its own deaf ears. But then these people have the gall to come out and say, like, "Yeah, this is what I do." Yeah. So who's gonna she stop got me? Video on YouTube explaining Thanks. the same, explaining this stuff. Now, knowing all that we know about finances and society today mm-hmm. gas prices rent prices etc two thousand dollars a month ain't enough bro i'm not i'm yeah, not telling yeah. her to go back out here and find six more baby daddies <laughs> but two thousand dollars ain't enough it ain't but if it's a, it's a stipend i tell you what <laughs> if she got six kids she ain't working she probably ain't because she's getting other governments. Because she's probably getting yeah. other government assistance. I'm sorry if we're speculating, yeah. but I can't help but think she's also getting plenty of other government assistance. Plus the two thousand. Lord, you got Jordy alone that you had. If you've ever had to pay daycare at this point, right? Hmm. You know how much daycare is for one child. Facts. We was at, she ain't working. We that ain't even speculating. She yeah. ain't working. We was at almost seven hundred. She ain't working. Let's, let's be real here. She is not working. Okay, well, then shit. <laughs> Fuck it. She ain't working. One baby, one child is, daycare for one child is a third of what she's bringing in for child support. She ain't working. Well, there it is then. Let's just leave it. At so she's going she gonna to fire up the factory again and wait for the next sucker to walk through the door. Unacceptable, man. man. It, like I said, face palm, face palm. Yeah. So let's get to it, brother. Let's get, let's to, get it, to it, man. It. So, um, man, this started with a very uh, eye-opening article that you sent about the growth of suicide rates in the mm-hmm. black male um, demographic. Yeah. And I couldn't help but to somewhat really, really relate, though. Uh, it was uh, um, some scary thoughts because I took myself back to when I was there, like yeah, actively in that mindset that I don't want to be here anymore, right? Yeah. Um, but like always, when you're going through things like that, for the most part, you're only focused on yourself and you're not thinking about there's others like me. So mm-hmm. when I would hear the term suicide and then try to put that into the black male. Like that was just something that didn't really like exist. Cause you, we didn't really hear about a lot of black right. men killing themselves. We have been known yeah. to be some of the most resilient um, individuals mm-hmm. in this society. Cause we have been put through so much uh, and yeah. it's generational, our fathers, their fathers. And, mm-hmm. but 
rarely now there's a case or two um that you hear like hey somebody you know did it but it wasn't like it was like something that was systemic it just always happens right right um, it never seemed like yeah. it, it was something that it was like wow this is happening a lot Thanks. uh but i'm looking at american academy of child and adolescent psychiatry since 2017 suicide has been the second leading cause of death in those 10 to 19 years old mm-hmm. uh rates of suicide among black youth have risen faster than any other racial and ethnic group in the past two decades of suicide rates in black males between 10 and 19 years uh, of age, increasing by 60%, you know, and that's disturbing in itself. Uh, But when you think about what we have done or what has been done to us culturally outside of the family construct, outside of the, uh, the black community. um, And then you couple that with, what we've done inside of our community as men, how we are raised, don't do these things. You don't ask for help. You don't cry. You don't any of these things. Um, we've helped perpetuate this. Yeah. And we've, we've got to do better. And, and when we talked offline, you know, you pointed out a lot of things that have happened over the last, I would say, let, you know, five, five or so years, 10 years or so that, progress has been made to where we are getting more in touch with our, our emotions and our feelings and our thoughts. And we are able to, we're we're trying to do better as black men with understanding the things that are happening to us and seeking out help, but there's still a lot more to do. There's there's so, so much more to do. I think it starts with a, a situation like this, listening to this. a series of fucking panic attacks that fucking work today. Like, we are not supposed to live like this, y'all. Like, I'm on lunch, and I don't want to go fucking back in, y'all. We we shouldn't have to struggle so And then struggle to operate, struggle to, 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 to function as a person trying to make it. Like, what the fuck, y'all? And I don't have a solution. Like, we just... I don't know, y'all. But this ain't fucking it, y'all. This ain't fucking it. I did not picture life being this fucking bullshit, y'all. The reason why that's important, I think it starts with honesty. Yeah. This guy's clearly having one of his hardest days, you know, in his life. Uh, I could just, I mean, his voice gives you that assumption. But rather than then keep it inside or suppress it later with alcohol or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. um, he goes to his lunch break, excuse me, and is in tears, makes a video and he's wide open with his emotions and feelings about what he's, he's, he's going through. And what's sad about this is I don't think that like what you were just talking about five, 10 years ago, that's a safe space for him. Maybe he's right. met with ridicule. Maybe he's met with all kind of other things. Um, yo, bro, this ain't the place for that. No, you know, I know a lot of people say don't put your emotions and stuff on Facebook, and I believe that sometimes, especially right. if you're if you're, you know, being desperate and just searching out, you know, whatever, some emotional empathy or something like that. But mm-hmm. for a black man to to not care about those things, so I'm just assuming again he didn't care about whatever anybody might have thought about this post. It's powerful because he's opening the door for himself to get help. 
hopefully there's yeah. somebody on his timeline or somebody who saw that that made me not even be in his circle and reached out because yeah. we always want to we always want to talk about you know there's agencies that help but like we discussed if I don't have a relationship with certain people if I don't even have if I don't even have confidence in myself to open up and talk to people I don't know those right. things are sometimes much further away than an easy 1-800 number right like mm-hmm. Why would I do that, right? So hopefully somebody in his circle, uh, let's just stay there, seen Mm -hmm. that and gave him a call, said, hey, look, I'm going to meet you when you get off work. Uh, You follow me back to wherever. Let's grab a bite to eat, bro. It's okay to to be in your thoughts. And as black men, like you have illustrated, we are not taught to open up like that. Like we could talk about everything else, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. The shit that hurts. We're, we just shielded from each other. And even though mm-hmm. you could see me asking for help, like I'm knocking silently, sometimes yeah. as the person who knows that other person's helping or hurting, we won't do anything unless you actually ask because I don't want right. to overstep. I don't want to offend. Ex- I don't yeah. wanna, you know. Yeah. And that's the state that we've been in. Like, that's the state that I think my grandfather grew up in. That's the state that I yeah, know my father grew up in. And it's just yeah. like, I was yeah, it's, doing it's generational. that too. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah we, we've, we've both, we've been there. Um, you know, like, a few years back, uh, I was in a really, really dark, depressing place. And, you know, I, I thought about it. You know, and it took me a while to actually reach out to, to even talk to, our circle and just to share hey, I'm, I'm not in a good space right now. You know, I don't know what to do. Uh, I probably reached out to, you know, my, uh, my doctor a few times to talk to psychologists and every time that they would line me up, I'm like, man, I'm not going to share this shit with some stranger. I don't want to talk to a stranger. I don't want to talk to a stranger. And eventually I found one and I mean, she was amazing. You know, but that coupled with my circle, our community definitely helped me, you know, um, and I, I think that it's important to have a safe space that you can go to and know that you can be vulnerable um, without judgment. And you can talk about the things that are going on in your life without ridicule, without somebody judging you, without feeling judged. You want to feel supported. You want to feel listened to. You want somebody to kind of take that that weight from you for a little while and help you breathe a little bit, you know. Um, and and that that's one of the most important things that that we can do for one another. Uh, you know, how do we get here? How do we get as a community of black men? How do we get to this point? You know, we can always look back through generations of don't do this, don't do that. You can't, this is weak, that's weak. You got to stand up and be a man. A man doesn't do this, a man doesn't do that. And, you know, a man doesn't cry. A man doesn't show emotions. That's how we got here. How can we undo the harm that we've already done, that we've that we visited upon each other and ourselves? That That's the question. Um, and I think that's the focus of, where we need to go as we move forward. And like you, you clearly illustrated, I mean, perfectly, we don't always feel comfortable talking to a so-called professional or calling a 1-800 number, uh, you know, to even talk about these things. Um, 
because it, it's still ultimately it's about comfort and trust, you know, and when you're in a dark place, you can't just peel back those layers and reveal yourself to a total stranger. It's not that easy. And sometimes that help needs to come immediately. I think that's where we have to start, right? Because as black men, and I know this well, mm. it's hard to even deal with physical health issues, right? Like, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Your grandfather didn't go to the doctor. Your daddy didn't go to the doctor. I mean, if I, <laughs> this sounds crazy, but I don't even know, had I not joined the military and actually yeah, was I, exposed I gone to the doctor facts, like, <laughs> Like these things, yeah. it's, it's so crazy. Like we talk about like how we're so behind these mm-hmm. 400 years, how they got us behind. Like I seen something completely different, but I, I read something today that was like, it blows my mind how people like this lady was buying a house. <clears throat> she was like, how my realtor or the lender could say, you know, can you just receive the down payment 50K, 100K um, from a family member? Because that's something that happens all all the time. And yeah. she's like, that's the 400 year start that I'm talking about that we don't have. But it's like, yeah. I use that in comparison because in a situation just as simple as going to the doctor, like that's not ingrained in us. Like, no, no, you go not. to the doctor when you're absolutely, yeah. absolutely yeah. broken. Yeah, you better you be, need it. you gotta be dragging, dragging that leg behind you. Facts. You go to the doctor. Yo, I, I can't get to work tomorrow. You can, you hook this up. So mental you health know? is damn yeah. sure not something that you'd looked at as either is no. a, a healthcare approach. Like in, most people don't even most most individuals growing up in my neighborhood, <clears throat> yeah. like didn't even understand what mental health was. Like that that wasn't even no. a term no. that was described to me until I was already a grown man. Though you it's, knew people it, were dealing with shit, I never yeah. even heard mental health. What was it's that? It's always the the connotation is, oh, he crazy, he crazy. You Simply instantly put. get crazy. You get labeled. Simply you get shunned, you get ridiculed, yep. and that just further exacerbates the situation. It doesn't. It doesn't help. It makes it worse, and and we've driven ourselves to that point. And, and go back to think about when you first came into the military. I, not the last five years. I want to talk about those early years. Okay. And mental health was like a. It was a stigma to go to mental health. Oh yeah, that's a career ender. Yes. Career ender. For real. Yes. You can't handle your issues. You're not mission capable, mission ready. If you can't handle your issues, you're not mission ready. Yeah. So you couple that with society, just historically what, what we as black men have had to undertake in that, that aspect from the mental health aspect. And then those of us that go into the military, you're carrying baggage in with you. You're getting more baggage and you can't seek help. Because of this, the stigma that's attached to you going to, to even try to get some help. Yes. And and the wild part about this is here I am, 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Here you are, north of 50. And it's yeah. like these things that we've always dealt with, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, we had to go through our life dealing with them. And we get to a point of wisdom, wherever mm-hmm. that, that, that comes in our life. And we say, you know what? Yeah. That's not something that was ever healthy for me. I want to speak about it. I want to help others not go through what I went through, but ultimately yeah. what does it become? It's reactionary. It's not precautionary yeah. because you yeah. lived it for your entire life. I've lived yeah. it for my entire life. And even though we're trying to help others, they've already experienced things already. These kids yeah. nowadays, 
the loss yeah. of friends through gang, gang violence, uh, losing parents to drugs and prison systems, and you name it. They've already they already dealing with shit that yeah. you know it's too late to quote unquote get in front of it, but they don't have the tools to deal with it now, and so hopefully they'll eventually figure it out. But we they'll probably end up being our age because yeah. just the way the system is set up. Yeah. Internally, I'm not even talking about what the system outside. I'm talking about the system internally within the black community. These are shits that we, this is the shit that we deal with ourselves. Our problems yeah. are our problems. Don't you go right. out there acting like you don't know how to deal with your shit. Everybody's got problems. We all grew up hearing certain stuff like that, and mm-hmm. it becomes gospel to us. And so, therefore, when you have issues, though people are trying to drag it out of you, like you've been trained to be yeah. like, look, I'll figure it out. And if you have one good day, apparently everything I'm dealing with is gone, (laughs) even though we know that ain't the truth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's fine. Look, Oh, look at him. You know, I I read a couple of stories about very, very successful people. Mm -hmm. All intents and purposes, money, happy, everything. Mm -hmm. They had underlying depression that nobody knew about. Yeah. You know, so it's not as simple as what you see on the surface. If you have concerns, even... Even if you don't, this is what, what we've always done over the years, the 15 plus years we've known each other. Yeah. Periodically, one of us, yo, how's everybody doing? Everybody good? What's going on? Anybody need to talk? Something. It's a reach out. I'm just checking, make sure everybody's good. This is where I'm at. You know, um, I think I sent a text to everybody a few, you know, a few weeks ago. And I just flat out said, yo, before y'all ask, I'm in a good space. But I just want y'all to understand. I want y'all to know. You know, if you got somebody that you love, let them know that you love them and nourish that relationship, you know? Yeah. Um, and these are the things that I, I think if you have listeners, if you have this, this close knit group of friends, uh, it's not a test of your friendship. It's an honor of your friendship to reach out to those people that you care about and make sure that they're all right and let them know that you are safe space for them. You know, we all need that safe space. Some somebody that we can always go to, like, yo, my head ain't right. What's going on? I, I just need you to listen right now. You know, and we can you can help me figure it out. I don't know what to do. You know, we all need that, especially us as black men. One of the things that that when I, I went through, uh, you know, when I, I talked to my psychologist, man, one of the things she told me like six months into it was like, in the military. They added to your PTSD. You had PTSD long before you went in. You had PTSD as a child. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know? Hell yeah. Even if you don't have an ugly childhood, just just seeing the shit that you you yeah. have to see or the shit that you have to endure. And when I say mm-hmm. ugly childhood, I'm, I'm talking about where your house is littered with drugs, alcohol. Like, I, I didn't necessarily have a house like that. I didn't have a house. Yeah. But my environment around mm-hmm. me put certain thoughts in my mind. You know, you, you right. hear certain things that you become, you know, they become natural to you. Oh, gunshots. Oh, that's natural. They wouldn't yeah. too close. Like you can almost Police know sirens, the distance. Yeah, like all that. So yeah. all that shit is feeding into your, you know, mind and your mental and wellness. Your mental yeah. well, and you like those things are normal. Right. Like it's normal to hear that. <laughs> you yeah. know? And that's not OK. That's not okay. And so usually what we want to do, right? And I tell you how this how this problem becomes, you know, a, a further problem in your life is because we don't realize that our whole goal system to escape mm-hmm. is really us just running away from the issues we dealt with. 
right? right. Like I, I know when I have a family, I never want to grow up in a situation like this. But what I'm telling, what I'm saying is, I never healed myself from what I actually went through. Right. I just yes. figured a way to get away from it, and then those yeah. problems resurface later on because though I'm not living in, in those situations, I never learned how to deal with them. So when I'm trying yeah. to now talk to my sons about whatever, do I have the right tools as a black man at that time? Because yeah. I don't really know how to help them with those issues because they got a new set of issues. But had I found a way to deal with my own and really, yeah. really had somebody to talk to and really had the help that I needed, maybe I'm better suited for whatever he's got going on because I don't just yeah. want him to run away from his issues. Because these kids now, when they run away from their issues, they're using crazy-ass drugs. Bro, yeah. I'm telling you, if you haven't watched it, and you got to watch it, but we finally, me and T finally got to the to the – the point where everybody was telling us, so we just did it. We just binged it. We watched um, Euphoria with Zendaya. Yeah. Bruh. That shit is so eye-opening. And mm -hmm. she's a 17-year-old girl in the show. But it just talks yeah. about, like, how, you know, one thing leads to the next. And then her drug use just gets out of control. And wow. everybody's in her circle trying to save her. But she don't even give a shit about herself. And it just got me thinking because these kids nowadays know about really hard narcos to take. Like, they know yeah. about hard shit. Like, they know, like, yo, if I ah, I need my Xanax, yo, I need my, I'm like, bro, like, those things were, we couldn't even pronounce those words right. when I was yeah. her age. Yeah. So how do you know what it does to you? How do you know that you need that? So the answer isn't just throwing drugs at them because now you're giving them another problem. Because that's yeah, what you we give see. A, a, a means of escape that's just transparent. It's not fixing anything. Facts, man. And that's the scary yeah. part, bro. Because nowadays, that's how we fix everything. From the point of reactionary questions always. Like, now when you go to, to uh, the doctor in the military, they always mm -hmm. started with, you know, are you safe at home? Are you having yeah. any basic feelings of harming yourself or whatever? Mm -hmm. But my thought process has always been, like, if I did, it's too late, right? Like, yeah. if I've already thought about this, it's almost too late. You know what I'm saying? So what should we be doing on the front side of that? Those questions are, to me, still very reactionary. Because if I say yes, yeah. immediately, it's stop everything, let's get you help. But I needed help months ago, weeks ago, right? whatever yeah. ago. So I almost think that the same way you get assigned – uh, you know, your, your, what they call it? Not your PA, your PCM, your PCM. Your, yeah. you need to get assigned a mental health counselor. They want mm -hmm. like, because yeah. we need to put it in the space that you shouldn't have to seek mental health out. It, it should be normalized. Yeah. And, and that's what you, that's what you're, you're pointing out. It needs to be normalized. Um, it's reactionary. Like you said, it needs to be proactive. Facts. You know, um, and yeah, you, you're right, Clint. It's yep. normal. Mm -hmm. We suppress so much, uh, and and it's unfortunate that that's what happens, it's man. Normal. You know, we uh, there has to, to be a way for us to do better as a community of black men. Yeah. And you know, the one thing that I, I want to uh, put out there is, you know, anybody, I don't care who you are, uh, if you feel like you need to talk to somebody, DM us. Facts. All on all social platforms. You can DM us and trust me, we will make the time to listen. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a psychologist. CO's not a psychologist. I put that out there first and foremost. But you know, sometimes just somebody to listen. 
that helps. Yeah. You know, uh, so please feel free. If, if there's anything that's bothering you in your world that you need to get off your mind, or you just, somebody needs to carry it for you for a minute, just please reach out to us, DM us on any of the social platforms, CEO on the doctor. Let's make it normal to organize a community of positivity, right? Where yeah. you can reach out to people. And even if you know me, but you don't know me, don't be afraid to talk to me. Like, um, and this is not a plug for book sales, but if you read my books, you see how open I was. I was very raw in both of my books. Yeah. My whole idea behind that was my testimony will hopefully help somebody get to their own testimony. Mm-hmm. Like, I realized, though my things may not have been as damning as some of the stuff that's out there in the world, my issues still got me to a place where I was not happy enough with my day-to-day that I was thinking about ending it all. And that's a scary place because even though you defeat that and I'm still here, um, that never leaves your mind. Right. So because you're you (laughs) though you go through a lot before you get to your breaking point, I'm sure most people say that'll never be me. You hear about suicide. You'd be like, that'll never be me. And I'm going through some shit or whatever. But my life is always the most valuable thing. And that should be the absolute truth. But ultimately, you find yourself mm-hmm. in that same space where I was, right? Yeah. Um, and then then you have shame. Then you have embarrassment. When I told you, when I opened up to you yeah. and mm-hmm. told everybody about what I was going through over all those years, like, initially I did feel all these things. Though we are super close and we've been close for yeah. years, you couldn't help but to feel like that's some embarrassing shit. Like, how yeah. did you get there, right? Like, having to have these conversations with my parents, they've always mm-hmm. provided for me, given me a good life, um, always been in my corner and not not knowing what was really going on with me got me yeah. there. That was embarrassing to talk to, talk about. That yeah. was then thinking about all the guilt that I could have had, you know, what the children would have felt, what Tanisha would have felt, what friends would have felt, coworkers, everybody that I've influenced in a positive way, what they would have felt right. had I, you know, been successful in my attempts. Like, so then that's the type of shit that's in your mind and hopefully you can use that in a positive manner and want to do yeah. something about it. And that's what we're trying to do here. Um, put, put something out there that's organic and then let it become what it's going to become. Because in the black community yeah. as a whole, we fight too many different things. We fight our own yeah. internal battles and then we fight a series of other battles. So I got a, one more clip from Shannon Sharp. Let's listen to this. LBGT community gets a right. They're not taking a right from you. They're saying we just want some of the rights that you have. Blacks saying we want some of the rights you have. Women says we want some of the rights you have. We're not taking any of the, your rights away. We just want some of those rights that you've been given because you've been a white male. The one man that's never really had to fight for anything. A white man in America has never had an amendment that says you can't go here or you can't do that. So we got to pass this legislation so you can Every other minority has had to have amendments and legislation in place so mm-hmm. they could get certain things that the white man has been afforded for 400 years. That is a fact. The other night, I had to yeah. watch a female officer who on January 6th was attempting to defend the White House yeah. say that she was slipping in the blood of her fellow officers. Yeah. I thought That's blue lives matter. I thought all lives matter. You know, when black people that know black lives matter, white lives matter too, blue lives matter. Oh, I guess now all of a sudden come January 6th, blue lives doesn't matter anymore. So listening to Shannon just go through all of those different levels of his, uh, of his, 
I guess, justification for what was going on. You see yeah. him touch on all things, right? Yeah. But that's the big fight I'm talking about. Like, black people always trying to, you know, fight for Man. a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of this, and it just starts to collapse on you. Then your internal yeah, because- problems become... Something that you ain't even worried about no more because you fight against the big problems. But go ahead, Pete. Because we, we can't get to the front of the line. Facts. We can't Facts. get to the front of the line. You We, we get two, three steps almost there. We can see it. We can see it. Uh, uh, we get pushed back again. We get pushed back again. So these things get tiresome. They get old. They get draining. And it, it, it becomes defeating. Yes, very you much know? so. And, and when you feel like the whole world has pushed itself down on you, that's a hell of a weight to try to carry, mm-hmm. you know? And, and uh, truth be told, all we have in this battle is each other. Yep. And you we- know, to, to expect the system to understand what we inherited, what we as black men inherit upon birth all the way through our lifespan. Nobody understands that but us. Yeah. I mean, and you know, so, and, and that's not me advocating to not seek out professional help. That's me advocating finding your organic safe space. Yes. To talk about the issues that affect you day to day. They're not small issues, no matter what you think, no matter what somebody might tell you. You need to talk about these things because just look at them like building blocks, one bad thing, another bad thing, another bad thing. Before you know it, you're inundated with it and it just weighs you down and it feels like the weight of the world is on your shoulder. And we're past the point of being reactionary. We need to be proactive about these things. We need to be proactive as a community and we need to be proactive as a brotherhood, you know, and that's my hope. Uh, the more I've read about this has really, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it hurts. It, it hurts to know that the harm that we visit upon each other, um, because we tend to look at each other when we're strangers as adversaries, instead of kindred spirits that share a lot of the same shit. Yeah, man. You know, that's like Will just illustrated, like we become our own enemies. Um, And it's easier to do that because at least we know who we fight against at that point. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. it feels like it's an invisible battle when we're fighting against all things that are oppression, all things that are racist. Like they 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 hear us because we're loud, but they're not. But nothing's happening. So damn that fight. It is. It is what it is. You know, we say things like racism is going to last forever and we'll always be the minority, not necessarily by numbers, but by how mm-hmm. the world world the world turns around us like we're never going to get yeah. the fair shake, shakes and all that and that is already a defeatist mindset though it might be yeah. evidently true the way things yeah. look having that mindset is part of this stress of mental health knowing that yeah. sometimes your best the best that you can do that should have rewarded you in x y and mm-hmm. z way will not go your way perhaps maybe that's yeah. what buddy was going through in his car just yeah. kind of like letting it all hit him at once and him just getting to the point of like, bro, what is it? it nothing's worth it. It's all for yeah. not, you know, that type of feeling. And that's where we are 
as a black man because we're supposed to be the pillars of our society, right? We're supposed to lead from the front. We're supposed to protect. Yeah. We're supposed to do all these things. And it's like, as we're trying to do those things, we're up against everything, right? Like, yeah. and literally, and literally everything. everything. How do you fight everything? Like, you can't fight everything. And then, so it's like, oh, well, pick your battles. Well, which ones are the battles to pick? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the first time you get profiled as a black man, and you have to go through that whole ordeal. And hopefully, and I'm saying hopefully, and I'm using that lightly, but hopefully you get to drive away that night and you get to go home and let it all soak in. Mm. You're already mentally not okay. Because no. you you no. couldn't even be a man that because night. Because you could have cost you yourself. Could have cost you your Did life. I do the right thing? Right. Should I have handled it differently? Should I have said this? Should I have done this? Right. You replay this shit in your head over and over and over and right. over and it's the weight of it is just terrible man yeah. you know uh, oh my god just yeah I, i've been profiled and it just took me, me to that moment like what should i have done differently right you know because those situations almost always emasculate you almost always yeah. challenge your manhood but had you I know, stood up for myself. All you're trying myself, to do is get home. Right. But had I stood up for myself, do I still have breath yeah. in my body? Right. Right? Yeah. By saying like, yo, you can't really do what you're doing, bro. And if I was white, would it go the same way or whatever? Yeah. Because like you said, you're being emasculated and all these other things. Yeah. But you know, look, let me just play the part. Do what I'm, do as I'm told. Hands here. Do this. Do yes, sir. No, sir. Like, but they're now flexing their power on you and you can't help but to be like, I'm a man at heart, though. Like, yeah. you don't get to yeah. just do oh, that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But to save my life, to be able to come home to my family, I went with the flow. But now mm -hmm. mentally, I'm disconnected with all things. Maybe and I And you carry cops. that. I'm it pissed. never leaves. Yeah. It, it, it never, never leaves. It never leaves. Yeah. It's like, because we're taught, the one thing, the one or two things we are taught growing up is you stand up to the bully, especially in our day and age, right? Yeah. Our day and age, you had to fight the bully. Well, yeah. th in this case, the fucking cop's the bully. Yeah. But I can't fight the bully. The bully's going to always yeah. beat me. Yeah. The bully's got the gun. The bully's got the gun. Damn and right. the law behind him. And what, and what, does, what, does, that, what does that do to you? Right? And I yeah. think Shannon was illustrating that at, at the tail end when he was like, well, y'all made it seem like all lives matter first. But then mm -hmm. you took that to the next level on the capital situation when now blue lives and all lives didn't matter because y'all trampled people. Stomped them yeah. because you were that upset. But the, the the way that looked, it didn't look like me. Yeah. So as he talked about in the first part of his of his uh, talk or in the first part of his uh, statement, he was saying it seems as if, you know, what I'm saying the white man and I'm not just pointing out, but he said they've never had any rules against them. Yeah, right? they make the rules. They make the rules. And we've yeah. grown up in generations where the rules have changed, but they were already in place to limit us. Yeah. We couldn't mm -hmm. socialize with, with white folks in schools. You could, that, that was a thing that got integrated. Hell, do your lifetime. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. like, that's crazy to even think yeah. about. Like, what the fuck? Like, so you know, it, it, it wasn't that long ago. People act yeah. like this was like hundreds of years ago. No. No, it wasn't. It was not that long ago. So, you know, all of these things, uh, they all manifest themselves yeah, in our day to day. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. and that that's that's the thing we 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 want to find a way as a community of black men to help each other navigate these issues the best way that we can 
from the, the safest, most comfortable space that we can possibly create for one another. You know, that's our goal. That is. That, that has to be the goal. And in bigger circles or in circles yeah. we're not connected with, I think yeah. that it should be everyone's goal. Yeah. Like, And we're yeah. not leaving out uh, our women here because our women need to do that as well. And I think women are more using an organic word since we're saying that they are more mm -hmm. organic in that they are very open with themselves oh my they, god they yeah talk hey, about i gotta call things. my girl i gotta call yeah. and they'll they'll in a second facts call each other and talk so you know, but maybe we should take a page from them you know and like yeah. open these open these communities to though we are trying to focus on helping the black man but mm -hmm. understanding that through a black woman's you know the vision of what they do through their own um searching and, and helping of one another, perhaps maybe we can learn something because they are much more yeah. open than us though. They shield yeah. things and they have issues. But like you said, I think they're much, much more, uh, I guess, easily able to reach out to their sister, you know, yeah. or home girl or whatever and talk about whatever. Right. And that's something that we've just struggled with. And, it, and it's, and it's sad because we mm -hmm. are important as well. But it's yeah. just the mainframe, man. The mainframe teaches us to do what? Not deal with that type of shit and not yeah. put suppress that it. out there, suppress it, keep going, fight through it all, be resilient, mm -hmm. though we don't say that shit. But, yeah. I mean, that's that's what it is, right? And then now we read that there's so many more suicide attempts in the black male populace. There's actual suicide success has gone up in the black male populace. So yeah. what are we going to do about it? And that's yeah. that's the question. What are we going to do yeah. about it? This is what we're trying to do, but how do you mm -hmm. see it? What do you want to do about it? Yeah. Yeah, man. So, uh, wow. Um, but uh, we can't we can't end the show, man. Will got some great points. Let me run these up here before we get into my final thought. Let's All see right. here. So, uh, and he says, sorry for his rant. Nah, brother, <laughs> don't apologize. Don't uh, apologize. You're right. So, yeah. And then lastly, that's some big deal issues. Yeah. And that's that's where we hit on things that I talked about in my book. Certain mm -hmm. things became normal for me and I yeah. didn't see how it was unhealthy until way too late. Because it's yeah. like, oh, this is how I deal with that. This is how I deal with that. And then you just move right on. Not even not even skipping a beat. Like whatever. So that's very important, man. But you have to do the work. I hate that term, but it's so true. You have to do the work. So sitting down talking to yourself really getting to know yourself, really talking yeah. about what's bothering you first with yourself will then give you the confidence to go in the room and talk to whoever it might be, a professional or a friend, uh, yeah. a sibling, coworker, whoever, whatever feels right to you. But until you do that, until you do the work, mm -hmm. you'll never get there. And we find yeah. ourselves at our ages now realizing it too late, right? Because yeah. – I only wonder what it would have been like had I released this Man. 10 years ago or yeah. whatever yeah. You know, time frame. You yeah. want to put I on mean, it. if I was able to process things, say in my thirties, you know, uh, wh where would I be? But, you know, I'm appreciative of where I'm at now yeah. and Absolutely. how I've been able to process a lot of the things and you, you hit on it. Reflection is huge. Absolutely. Being able to look at yourself critically and understand where the issues lie. You may not have the answers that you need, but once you can identify the, the issues, you can try to find the answers. 
Absolutely. But as long as we we fail to look at ourselves and we deny that this there's something wrong, and we you know put that that brave face on. Oh no, man. You know I don't know how many times I've heard all oh, black people don't see. You know we don't go talk to people about shit. No, we we just talk. We keep we hold that shit in. Yeah. As though that's a badge of honor. And it's not. You know. It's really not. Wondering wondering why we got you know rampant heart disease and all this other shit. Yeah. Anything that's of of any kind of consequence like that, that's that's you know a, a mental or emotional drain on you, will manifest itself physically. Yep. Yep. Very true, man. All right, so let's jump into my uh, final thought, um, and it's we are all seeking something. So um, I'm way late to the game, but this book, The Alchemist, was uh, fire. <laughs> I'm about halfway through it. But somebody said, hey, look, I think you should read that book. Uh, from listening to my podcast, reading my books, um, they were like, I think you will find a message in that. And so I'm, I'm, I've am I'm, been reading and I read a very touching um, portion of it um, just this morning. And it goes like this. It says, when you want something, all the universe conspires to help you achieve it. The old king had said. But the old king hadn't said anything about being robbed or about endless deserts or about people who know what their dreams are but don't want to realize them. Mm -hmm. The reason why uh, that resonated with me is because as I constantly try to figure out what's next for me, right, like I've always said things that are somewhat like (laughs) damning to myself because I say like I don't think I really had a real goal. I don't think I had a real like dream, you know what I mean? But I think because I was able to, like, look at those two words and and make them be something that was blossomed into something that was just enormous. Like, oh, I made it to Mm -hmm. the NBA or, oh, I got my own business and it's a multi-billion dollar business. Like, I never really looked at, like, my goals or dreams as actionable because they were somewhat happening. And I just thought they were, like, everyday things. But I realized Mm -hmm. that when I do those things like I talked about on the complicatedly misunderstood hour they just became the next thing right just the next thing oh yeah. got your master's degree what's next oh wrote a second book okay what's next like so I was not embracing anything so my thing tonight is we are all sinking something finding that something sometimes is you know highlighted in something else reading that story right or, or reading this story because I'm not finished yet there's two yeah. sides of it. There's the young boy who wants it all. And then there's <laughs> there's the guy who is basically living the life and still has a dream that he can reach, but he's afraid of going to get it because now what other dream does he have after it? And like that's like this constant battle between the two. And as I see that, I'm more of the guy who's knowing he can reach his dream, but if I go and get it, so in my case, if I say it, if I really search and seek it, then mm-hmm. what's next for me? And it yeah. got me really thinking. Of course, I don't have the answer today, but it really got me, see, like, what am I seeking, right? Like, as this military journey comes to an end, what do I really want next? Have I actually even focused on that? Or have I always just seen my life as in phases? This is next, this is next, this yeah. is next. And then, so, therefore, there's never, like, this fulfillment, I feel mm-hmm. like that's why I keep throwing things at myself. Oh, I want to learn how to fly. Oh, I want to do this. Oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do blah, 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 blah. And you just keep going on and on yeah. and on and on and on and on. Yeah. But it's like, what gives me fulfillment? I'm, so, I'm guilty of the same. Yeah. I'm guilty of that. I'm amongst yeah. seeking something. 
but I don't know yeah. what it is. Yeah. And so the same way I said we have to yeah. sit back and do the work and find out what's bothering us, I think you have to mm-hmm. sit back and do the work and find out what you're actually seeking. Because like he said, like it illustrated, it says when you want something, the universe conspires to help you achieve it. So whatever that want is, that true want, that true yeah. fulfillment, I feel like we have to find it. Because a lot of us just get that nine to five or whatever it may have you, and then we just do that until we do it. And yeah. like we talk about in our groups, everybody hates working. I mean, you've, you've taken a stance and you haven't had a job since you retired. And you're living your best life. But you're Indeed still seeking things, right? But I'm still seeking things. <laughs> exactly. and, and I'll go back to something. Exactly. I, I'll go back to this point, this one thing. Uh, a lot of that comes from our childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll speak for me. No mm-hmm. one ever said, wow, you know, still you're great at this. Or no one said, what's that thing that you, you really, really love to do that you're passionate about? Nobody right. said that to me. Right. You know, and, and one thing that this is something that, uh, I, I think that each one of us has something in us that's that's a defining thing that we can nurture, we can build, we can grow, and it becomes ours. Mm-hmm. You know, but but somebody has to kind of stoke that flame when we're in that uncertain time. This really stood out to me, man. I saw this quote from Einstein. Uh, he said, "Everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree." It will live his whole life believing that it's stupid. Mm. There's there's something that we're all good at. What is it? That's the thing we're seeking. Yeah. And like Will said, no one pushed you towards your gift, your passion. And perhaps maybe it's just because the foundation wasn't there. Like the foundation was survival. So you, yeah. we learned survival <laughs> yes. skills. Yes. Get a job, yeah. take care of your responsibilities. Hey, you know, I get will say that I'm, I'm great at that one thing. I'm great <laughs> at survival. Facts. I know how to do that. Not you not know. to end up where you came from, like you always yeah. said. Like That yeah. would be your humbling moment. Yeah. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. be South Side Chicago no more. I don't want to be yeah. East Side Indy no more. That type of thing. Yeah. But, like, what what was ever the true, like, goal or the true passion that you had because I mean don't get me wrong like hell I grew up with you know thoughts of oh I'm gonna make it to the NBA we know that percentage is less than the space between my fingers right and I didn't know how to rap or so entertain so that wasn't the other one (laughs) so it just becomes boom figure it out and I figure it out and here I am 19 years in the military because that damn sure wasn't you know the the journey I see myself but again at 40 years old (laughs) You know, like I've talked to my wife and I don't mean to get long winded on this, but I remember telling her much, much (laughs) younger in our in our marriage that I had all these dates for everything. By this age, Mm -hmm. we can't have no more kids. By this age, the kids we got, they'll be out the house by this age, by this age. by And I was aging myself. Yeah. Trying to get to these platform or these these milestones, I guess, to then do what? I have no idea. But everything Mm -hmm. had to be on the calendar. Now I'm 40 years old and I realize like. Well, was that calendar counting down to the end of life? Or was it? <laughs> because, shit, I'm halfway there. I mean, life expectancy yeah. is around 80. So I'm halfway yeah. there if I'm looking at it like that. So I got to have a different mindset. So it can't just be like that because, damn, I feel like I got so much more to do. But what is yeah. that? What do I want to spend my time doing? That's the key. And that's where I was, that's where I was coming from from this final note. Like, what are we seeking? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. are we really focusing on what it is that gives us fulfillment? And then mm-hmm. how do we get to that point? But I think we yeah. have to do the work first. 
Same for sure. Size. Sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right, man. So, hell of a show. Um, <laughs> yeah, Clink. that is your passion. Talking, yeah, that is talking your passion. Cash shit. That's your passion. Uh, I missed it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you did well. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you, Clink. Well, Marcus. Uh, I think I saw uh, Thomas. Was that Thomas? Yeah, Thomas. Uh, that's my guy yeah. from my Anvil podcast. Okay. Uh, uh, we, hey, man, we appreciate your input. We definitely read through your words. Yeah. Definitely good stuff. Uh, I think that's for a reason. It's a legacy. Clink just run. To, that's where we're seeking facts. Um, I got to yeah. shout out my boy, Pat. Uh, appreciate you, Pat, because he created our little new backdrop here. Um, so um, I like that. As you can see at the bottom, please go out and follow us on all our social platforms. We're not as heavy on YouTube anymore. We hope to change that in the future, but primarily it's Facebook, Instagram, and then Prox on get to Twitter up and going here soon. Um, as far as like being more active there. Um, yeah. so appreciate him making our, um, our banner for us. Um, thank you for that or overlay as they call it. Um, this has been another great show. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about, um, this, this evening before we started, we're just talking about the direction that we're going to try to go as we push the season five more to come on that. Um, all I just say is, uh, we're, we're going to hone in on some, on some things. We're still trying to work those out. I know we've been very spacious <laughs> in our delivery in season four. So we're only on episode nine. Um, and we're probably but, more than three quarters away with it. Cause we'll be taking a yeah. break here soon. Um, but it was purposeful. Um, it, it really yeah, was. That, we learned a lot this season in our limited amount of shows. Go ahead, P. I'll let you jump in. Um, the space was actually by design. Um, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't honestly, it wasn't even conscious. But this year we've talked about so much heavy stuff and it weighs on you over time. And we just needed to break between each one of the episodes. So, uh, you know, we didn't uh, we, we didn't overlook our people. Um we didn't overlook the the desire to do this. We just needed some space between the heaviness of everything. And I, I'm sorry to end this on, you know, my point on a, a sad note. Uh, you know, we, we connected with a young lady named Lords, uh, you know, on Instagram, a perfect day for banana fish. Uh, she passed away last week. She had an aneurysm. Uh, no one knows, you know, the guy that I talked to her boyfriend, he didn't know the cause. Uh, took her to the hospital and she died, you know, and she was really, really adamant about the progress and the learning and the awareness of black people. You know, that was her passion. And, uh, you know, she will be missed. Absolutely. She always gave us great content. Um, yeah. She, she would send us ideas for shows at times. Uh, or push our show and her own network of people. So she's definitely going to be missed. It caught us off guard. Um, very sad thing, but it goes back to just how precious life is, right? It, yeah. it can be so fleeting. Like, instantly it can be gone. Like, um, she was young, had a daughter. Um, so yeah. prayers to her boyfriend, her daughter, and the rest of her family. Um, so hate to end it like that. Uh, but, yeah, we've been we've been having you guys for almost an hour and a half, so we appreciate you guys letting us vent. Uh, we thank you for your support. You. Um, and like always, man, take care of yourself. Be what Prox talks about. You know, buy that, buy that cup of coffee with somebody. Have that conversation with somebody. Tell somebody hello. Um, hope you're having a good day, whatever it may have you. But uh, all the negativity around us each and every day now, just try to 
put a little bit of happiness and positivity in the air and each and every day. And I think you'll be better Indeed. better for it and uh, rewarded for it in some way. So to the next one, this is being CEO and the doctor. Love. Take it easy.